You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday rainy morning. Monday here in Southern California. We're going to talk some USC Trojan football spring. Week one is in the books, and we have Coach Harvey Hyde on to talk about some of the emerging storylines from USC spring football, uh, the unfortunate passing of inside wide receivers coach uh, Dave Nickel, big recruiting weekend for USC, a lot of different topics we want to touch on, the transfer portal and all that. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com, send an email to Hey, this is the coach. Want to know what's going on with this topic or that? We will be happy to answer it. Or you could call or text us at 424-254-9141. If you're on the Apple Podcasting app on any of your devices, you can follow us at the Peristyle Podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. We love it there. That'll help us grow the show. And if you're on Stitcher, I'm sorry, if you're on Spotify, you can follow us on Stitcher too. But on Spotify, you can leave us a five-star rating there. As well, all of that does help uh, to grow the show, and we've been doing it since 2008. And someone asked me this week, Coach, when did Coach Harvey Hyde start on the show? And I was 2008. Not, not even like, like, that was like February of 2008. It's been a long time, Coach, but welcome on again. How are you doing, sir? Well, Ryan, thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't realize it's been that many years, but uh, we've been working together for a long period of time. We've seen a lot of different teams, tip players, coaches. We've seen a lot happen at USC Trojan football in the athletic department, changes in athletic directors. You uh, you mentioned it, and we talk about it, and if our callers ask us a question, we certainly try to discuss that with our opinions on everything that's going on. And let's keep this thing going as long as we can, Ryan. For sure, Coach, and uh, we'll survive the rain out here. <laughs> we, you know, we, I don't think we have any rain, I think, this month, so no, we're getting a whole bunch uh, this morning, and um, they didn't have any rain. It was a beautiful weekend over the weekend at USC. So that's good when we talk about the recruiting stuff, um, a little bit later on, but I want to start off with, uh, the unfortunate news. We learned on Friday that USC's inside wide receivers coach, Dave Nickel had passed away. According to several sources, it was, uh, cancer. Um, the school did announce that we did hear from Lincoln Riley on Saturday about Nichols passing, um, you know, even this past week, we were um, there was some optimism about Nickel being able to return. Lincoln Riley was asked about that. I don't think people on the team really knew how serious this was that the cancer he was battling. Uh, just an unfortunate situation all around. Um, you know, hearing about Dave Nickel and, and really heartfelt words from Lincoln Riley. You know, not even realizing that they were, he was extremely happy to be reunited with Nickel for the first time. Um, since East Carolina, uh, that he went so far to say that if it wasn't for Dave Nickel, like he might not be in college coaching right now, let alone the head coach at USC. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this coach, just because you guys are, 
as a head coach and an assistant coach, I mean, you guys are together all the time. This becomes your second family and losing a member of that family has to be tough. But it, if you just listen to what Lincoln Riley had to say, or you watch what he had to say. Um, I mean, just, it couldn't be more genuine, uh, how upset he was that Dave Nichol had passed away. Well, I tell you, it, it's, um, it's a, a tough thing to lose anybody. And as coaches, uh, you spend as much time or more time, probably more time with your coaching staff than you do basically your own family. Your wives coach the uh, little league team or soccer teams. Your wives go to the PTA meetings. You try to make as many as you can. But again, you're working with other young men in their lives and trying to form them as far as what their goals are in their life. And you become very close to your players. You come very close to your staff members. You trust your staff members. Uh, loyalty is the number one thing. And as Lincoln Riley said, uh, how close he was to him and the opportunities that uh, he gave him. Plus, he was married to the game of football. And even up to the very end, he was telling coach when coach would call him, how's the team? How's the practices? How's this? How's that? Not really wanting to talk about how he was. And I mean, this makes it a a very, very difficult thing to do when you spend that much time. But as the coach said himself, uh, we've got to worry about the team and so on. And this announcement was Friday. They practiced Saturday. I don't know how tough that could have been. That could have been uh, awful tough. In a lot of situations, you might cancel a practice or whatever, but they went forward because probably of what coach wanted them to do. And, uh, uh, it's it's very difficult. It's a it's a it, and this is somewhere he always wanted to be, as Coach said, wanted to be like at USC, wanted to be on this level. And I'm sure when Coach hired him, Coach knew the situation, but he wanted to fulfill a dream for Dave, and he did do that by hiring him at USC because he knew exactly this is what his dream was, this is where he wanted to be, because uh, you know when cancer hits you don't know exactly what's going to happen with it but he didn't care he hired him anyway so this shows you the type of friendship and love that they had for each other and i'm sure that the other staff members respect him as much as uh, the rest of the staff that knew him personally and the players he got to know i know he made an impact on their lives and now as he would say uh, you know Let's get started and let's win some ball games for him. So basically, I think that's what Coach Lincoln Riley was saying. But it's a difficult time for the entire Trojan family. For sure, Coach. And uh, they were able to move on. I think Lincoln Riley mentioned it, that um, that's where Dave Nichol liked to be out in the practice field. And that's why they went back out there and did it. Uh, but we just wanted to kind of get that out of the way. Just, you know, really, really bad news. You know, he seemed like a great guy. We never got to... Uh, interview him here at USC and get to know his personality. Everyone said how funny he was and all that. So uh, just a loss for everyone in the Trojan family. I wanted to you know mention that up at the top. Um, some other stuff kind of going around, little newsy items, Coach. Uh, if you remember the offensive lineman, Casey Collier, he had entered the transfer portal a little while back. He announced that he's going to go to Oklahoma State. So pretty good landing spot, power five landing spot for Casey Collier. Another offensive lineman, Ty Buchanan, uh, another Texas kid. He's entered the NCAA transfer portal uh, last week, so I just wanted to mention that. He's the latest 
Trojan, we didn't see him out at practice on Tuesday or Thursday. And then on Thursday, uh, shortly after practice, he announced that um, he would be entering the NCAA transfer portal. And uh, Alex Stadhouse, the kicker who had entered the transfer portal, we learned on Thursday, Coach, that it was because he uh, couldn't afford to keep going to school as a walk-on. He's a he's a senior. This be his really his fifth year in the program. Uh, the COVID year doesn't count, but he played in 2018, 2019, and 2021, handling kickoff duties and then spot kicking duties uh, when Parker Lewis couldn't uh, play. And he came and did a really nice job. But, um, you know, Parker Lewis went on the portal, and soon after Alex Stathouse came out of the portal, we assumed it was simply because Parker Lewis was transferring out, and that would mean, you know, Alex Stathouse is the likely starter. But it was also because Lincoln Riley offered him a scholarship so he could afford to stay at USC. So I don't know. Any, any thoughts on any of the uh, transfer or scholarship kind of news, Coach? Well, I think that's great. I think when a kid uh, has sacrificed like he has to be a Trojan, that you make special arrangements to take someone back in the portal, not only because he sacrificed, but he can uh, help the football team. And I can understand his story as far as building up all these loans and so on that he would have to pay back. So uh, I'm absolutely very happy for him and the USC Trojan football team. I think it was a great move. Yeah, it's nice. You like to see the the walk-ons. I was actually going to ask Lincoln Riley about any walk-ons getting a scholarship, but I was thinking of position players, and I totally, you know, just spaced on it could have been Alex Stathouse, and uh, so it's nice that he gets to uh, be on a scholarship. All right, so week one of USC spring football is in the books. Um, maybe we could start on the offensive side, Coach. I mean, the super impressed with what I got to see from Oklahoma transfer quarterback, Caleb Williams, uh, his media scrum, uh, he was holding court and he just, it looks like he's a leader of this team already. I got to watch him throw the ball up close. Uh, I thought he threw a nice, you know, tight spiral. I thought the the ball popped out of his hand really well. Um, he looks like, I mean, we didn't see him run the portions that we could watch, but uh, his legs looked really powerful. You could see why he's such a, a you know, active and dynamic runner. Um, but he, he looks like he's a leader already and he hasn't been on campus that long. Uh, any thoughts on, on Caleb Williams or the offense or, you know, anything you've read about, uh, what's going on with this team on the offensive side of the ball? Well, I'm thoroughly impressed with the young man. First of all, we'll start with the interview he did, um, uh, for you and all the rest of the press. I thought he really handled himself well. He was asked some difficult questions as far as when did he know he was coming to USC? Why did he come to USC? And all these different type of questions, which are sometimes difficult for a young man to answer. But he answered them very professionally, handled himself really well in front of the press. And as far as an athlete, he's the type of quarterback that I've been talking about that USC has needed. Uh, someone that can avoid the rush, someone that has wheels, somebody that can throw the football, just a great athlete on everything he does. And he brings that type of athletic ability to the offense at USC, where that has lacked, not that they haven't had great quarterbacks, but not the ones that they are complete as far as the wheels, the arm, the brains, the leadership, the whole package. And he demonstrated that last year. And he brings that to USC and everyone recognizes what he is and what he's accomplished. And they too uh, listen to him because he's another voice on the offensive side of the football, like a coach, but he's, He's been under this uh, same coaching staff and same offense for years. And uh, I think this is a, a great move. I think it's going to be a great addition. 
to the USC Trojan football family. It's uh, I didn't see him throw the football except for a few videos that I saw. But uh, I saw him throw the football last year. I saw him run under contact last year. I saw the things that make a difference. You know, there's a difference between a practice player and a game player. And he's a game player. I mean, he makes big plays when plays count. He makes him make a difference. And uh, I think that's what USC has needed. And he now can avoid the rush and do the things where quarterbacks in the past were injured and hurt and harassed and and had passes knocked down and all the things that it was made it very difficult for the past quarterbacks to play at USC. So I think he's a great addition, and I think he'll be a great leader at the same time. The uh, Yeah, I agree with you, Coach. I mean, just leadership, Just he just – it just felt like you, you watched him and like, yeah, I can see why someone's going to follow that guy for hundred percent. Um, on the defense side of the ball, I got to interview, uh, Shane Lee just put up a story this morning, actually Monday morning on him. Um, the transfer from Alabama, you look at him coach and he is, uh, he is, he is, he is as Chris Trevito would say, he's yoked. Um, very big individual, uh, very strong cut up, like just he's yoked. Um, and just sounds like, you know, just listen to him talk, a, a leader that's going to, a guy that's going to lead by example. He's a former freshman All-American in Alabama, didn't have as many opportunities his last couple of years with injuries and stuff, but um, never been to the West Coast, never, never been to Los Angeles. He loves it. He like, I love looking at the mountains and the, the city and all the, the palm trees and everything. He just seems like someone that needed a place of a change of scenery and is just ready to, to ball out for USC. Uh, this defense was bad last year, coach. I mean, they, they were worse in the pac 12 and uh, opponent scoring, but someone like a Shane Lee or in some of the other guys that they brought in, I think could make a huge difference on this team. Well, I agree with you too, uh, Ryan. First of all, you know, he comes from a program and played with a program that you know what you sign up for at Alabama. You know, what's, expected of you you know how to practice you know how to play and he brings that type of leadership to usc as far as a person that's done it and been there and he's happy at usc and he's talking about how much he loves it at usc he's not just making it a trip to see how he likes it and maybe go somewhere else he's going to be a great leader on the defensive side of the football he's a hitter he can run He's a good inside guy. He's going to be really, I think, an asset to the Trojan defense. And these are the type of players, when you talk about leaders, here you bring in Caleb Williams on the offensive side of the football, and here you bring in Lee on the defensive side of the football, one from Oklahoma who's the starter, one from Alabama who comes from a big-time program on the defensive side. And all of a sudden, these players who have been at USC, when they talk to these players, these players have been there in Southeastern Conference Championship games or National Championship games or playoff games. So it isn't like someone coming from a program that never won any football games or just decided they wanted to go to USC to travel and go down to the beach or party. These guys know what football is all about and what they sign up for. For the players that are leaving USC, as the ones you mentioned and others, They didn't sign up for what USC Trojan football tradition is. They didn't realize what the thing, what it meant to the alumni, the players, the coaches, the the student body. They didn't realize this. But Lincoln Riley is now bringing that, that type of discipline, that type of tradition back with him because he realizes it. While a lot of the players haven't realized that because 
it really dropped down where the past staff didn't really understand that just playing hard. I'm really proud of the kids. We got beat by 30, but it was really a great effort. That isn't acceptable at USC. So these type of people that are coming to USC now have signed up for that type of program where they know those things aren't acceptable. And now there's going to be a new USC and the players that are abandoning ship are the ones you really want to get rid of because they didn't want to understand what they were signing up for. Normally they were players that were not going to contribute to the program anyway. Yeah, no, I agree with you coach. And I mean, not there. There's definitely some players I think that have left the program that the staff would have liked to have. But I think for the most part, when you're changing the culture like this, it's really not what a lot of these players signed up for. And I, this was sort of like the athletic department um, in years past where people would ask like, Hey, do they want to win? I'm like, yeah, they would like to win, but they're not willing to do what it takes to win. They want to win a certain way. They don't want someone, a coach that's super powerful. So they're hoping to win, but not really. And I think some of the players, they would like to win, but are they willing to, to, if you're going to work in a winning culture, it's like every minute of every day, you're working towards a goal that could be six, eight months from now. And, you know, you get used to the way things sort of were, where you can kind of just go through the motions and that's not going to be good enough under Lincoln Riley. So there's going to be some, some turnover. And I agree with the coach. It's just one of those things where it's not for everybody. And the, the, you know, Lincoln Riley mentioned during his um, press conference on Tuesday, coach, that he could see bringing in double-digit transfers, you know, double-digit players after the spring, which means, you know, there's going to be more players gone from the roster as well. So uh, we saw a whole bunch of transfers in. Uh, USC has the number one ranked transfer class, according to 24-7 Sports. And it doesn't sound like Lincoln Riley's done yet. Well, I'll tell you, what recruiting has done now, the recruiting's never done with the new portal system. You have portal transfers uh, before spring practice and after the national signing date or whatever. You have spring practice, and you have another recruiting port, uh, session as far as with the junior recruiting and portal recruiting. So, you know, now it's uh, how you uh, fill your needs of what you don't have, who, who leaves the program, but again, like I always said, you're better off bringing, not bringing anyone than uh, bringing someone that cannot contribute to the program and make you a better football team. You're better off bringing a freshman player. So I'm sure that he's aware of that, and he's been around long enough to know that. Well, in the past, that hasn't been the practice of the USC Trojan football staff. So many of the players that did come never contributed. Uh, one player from Alabama had a 75,000 full-year scholarship and no longer is there. There was a lot of uh, homework that wasn't done that is necessary to do when you're trying to build your program to a national level. And I'm sure Lincoln Riley has this experience. He knows what it takes to play the teams he's had to play in the playoffs or the teams he's had to beat to get where he is. And he's not going to be satisfied without those type of players and coaches and enthusiasm and energy and sacrifice and all the things that are necessary to play at that level. And I certainly hope that uh, it might take time and we've got to give him time, but it's worth giving him the time and have the type of foundation of a program that's necessary to play at that level. Yeah. hundred percent coach. 
Uh, well, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and uh, finish up some topics and get to a couple questions. Back in a minute. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Uh, sticking along the uh, transfer portal uh, topic, Coach, um, it is different. This is a different era, and I don't think if you're the USC Trojans, if you're Lincoln Riley, you're going to see – the heavy involvement in the transfer portal in the years to come. But for this first year, he mentioned it many times about being a very unique roster because there's so much turnover. And then you see players like um, Caleb Williams and Shane Lee and Romello height and guys that just look like, wow, they can come in and be game changers for this team and play right away. We've never seen anything like this before. It usually takes time. And then, you know, the double digit part of it, he plans on adding more. Now, there's there's one player that is probably not going to come to transport. We're going to talk about that in a little bit that could help this team too. But um, I, I, my personal opinion, coach, is like we're not going to see as many transfers, you know, going forward. They already are going to build um, an elite recruiting class for 2023. And if you can bring in a whole bunch of five star guys out of high school, you probably don't need to bring in. Uh, you know, they already got 13 transfers in. There's Probably going to be more. I mean, if you could get more than 20 transfers in a class, I don't think that's going to be the norm uh, going forward, Coach. But it seemed like it was a necessary step if you wanted to build this roster and try to win right away. But like you mentioned, like this is a new era. We just haven't seen something like this before. No, you're right. And remember, when you're taking a, a new program like this and you've been out there, you know the players that are coming in from the portal, but you recruited most of them when you were at Oklahoma. You know their abilities, or you played against them, or you're able to evaluate them before. So you know basically, in a way, what you're bringing in. You hope you never have to take another portal player if you build the foundation with your program with your freshman players. But obviously, you have to take players to certain positions that are needed. So yes, the first year that you do come in, you have to evaluate the roster, and you got to say this player can't play at our level. It's not the player's fault. He just can't play at our level on what we're trying to attempt to do. So it's best for him and it's best for our program for him to take a look at somewhere else. And that's exactly what uh, is happening. And again, when you talk about Caleb Williams and you talk about Lee, they raise the level of the competition on both sides of the football. When you have a linebacker drill and you've got a linebacker going full speed, and if you're a linebacker working against him, you better go full speed or you're going to get knocked on your butt. 
And I think that's what you've got to learn, to play the intensity of how to run a drill and how to run a drill properly, how to form tackle properly, and make sure that you protect your body because this guy's going to hit you. And all of a sudden, everybody else is uh, doing the same thing to impress themselves, and they find themselves playing at a different level. You'll find your receivers playing at a different level because of the Williams and other receivers that have come in, and because of the and the quarterback will play at a different level. And the offensive line knows they better get off their butt too, because they know what people are expecting from them. Everybody knows what are you going to do, who are you going to be, are you going to be someone on campus that people want to look up to, or are you going to walk around campus with a bag on your head? So it's time to you know get the word out to people that it's time to perform. And some of these guys that aren't around. They would rather go a different direction, which is good. But like you always, you only need five offensive linemen, okay? If you get by with six, but you want six that can play hard and have the pride to get the job done. So I think this is what the purpose is. And right now that's what's going on. And I hope that culture does sort of take hold at USC. And I hope I'm not wrong on what I'm, you know, assuming. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, Sometimes when you bring in a bunch of transfers, we saw that at Utah, they have an established culture. And so now you're incorporating these new players into the, this culture. Everyone's starting on the same page in this one, because it's new for the players that are transferring in and it's new for the players that are already there. Cause it's, everything's uh, you know, it's, it's this new culture that's uh, being brought in by uh, Lincoln Riley. And obviously you needed, um, needed a new culture. It just wasn't working from there before. Uh, so yeah, I guess that makes it a little unique, Coach. Knowing that it's it's not just new. Every, the new players we talk to, hey, it's new for them. Maybe they've never been to LA before, and they're they're like looking around and um, hey, this is cool. It's, the weather's great, and there's palm trees and all this stuff. But I mean, they're not that far behind the players that are already there because they have to learn a whole new system as well. No, exactly right. You also got to remember there's six lanes in a freeway in Southern California, and some states is only two lane highways. Okay, so you got to lift up your 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 energy levels. You got to lift up the expectations. You got to understand there's more competition in this town than any other town as far as athletic programs. Do you want to be on the front page of the sports page, or do you want to be on the back page where no one cares what the results were? And these are the things you sort of preach your players and you let them know that uh, we only accept one thing, and that's excellence. And I think that's what uh, I hope, and I hear that in their discussions when you interview the coaches, they want elite players, not just players to get by. They want elite efforts. Yeah. Um, well, it's, uh, speaking of elite, and you mentioned the offensive line before, uh, so USC had uh, a recruiting weekend over the weekend, and there's a bunch of uh, top class of 2023 uh, prospects that were on uh, campus. But there was also a class of 2022, which that's been done since February, right? Um, and many of those players signed in December. But Josh Connerly Jr., who is a five-star offensive tackle from up in Seattle, taking his time, he plays basketball, didn't get to take his official visit, so he was going to sign after the February signing uh, signing day and you signing the signing period in December is a three day period where you can sign and you can't sign after that. The February signing day is just the first day you can sign. So you don't have to sign on that day. That's where most of the people do. Well, most people sign in December. So he took a fi official visit to USC. We had a whole bunch of information about his visit uh, on uscfootball.com 
Um, obviously the top, you know, unsigned player from the class of 2022, one of the best players in the country either way. And uh, Brandon Huffman, who does a great job covering uh, recruiting on the West Coast and across the nation, he's up in the Pacific Northwest. He's up in uh, the area of Josh Connerly. They're actually going to have his announcement on April 8th live on CBS, their live sports show. Uh, but Brandon Huffman put in a crystal ball pick, which if you don't know, it's where analysts from 24-7 Sports make their prediction of where players are going to sign. And he picked it for USC. All the momentum right now, Coach, is going towards USC. Um, they have the top transfer class in the country. And this would probably, I believe, put USC in like the top five as far as overall recruiting classes, even with only nine um, nine players uh, signed, which is pretty crazy because, you know, this is just a very small class, but you add this five-star player and, you know, uh, it, it just makes all the difference in the world. Um, but any thoughts, Coach, on Josh Connerly potentially uh, becoming a Trojan? I think it's absolutely fabulous. I think the word is getting out. The word is getting out that USC is taking football seriously. The word is getting out where offensive linemen and other players now want to be a part of the USC Trojan football program. They have belief in the program. They have belief in the coaches and the direction of the program. And when you start to get these type of players like you did for the 2023 class immediately, you're going to have those players recruiting for you. And those players start to assemble a staff of players and a group of players that want to play with these players at a certain university. I think it's absolutely fabulous. I certainly hope that happens. I hope that momentum continues throughout the junior recruiting period. And uh, I'm excited about that because uh, I'm sure that they have told this uh, player that you come in in the fall, you come in in the summer. And if you're the best offensive tackle or lineman out there, you're going to play right now. And I think that will motivate also the returning linemen at the same time as, hey, wait a minute, there's a different sheriff coming to town. And he wears two guns on the side of his hips, not just one. So it's time for me to get my butt in the weight room and my butt to get uh, start executing. But somebody's coming in wanting my position, and he's wanting it bad or he wouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, and it's, so this would be, um, USC's class with only eight commits is 65th and this would put USC in the top 50 overall. If you include the transfers then it's a, you know, much higher, um, rankings and stuff, which is, you know, that's what we were kind of talking about before, but just having, um, you know, another five star, uh, in the, in the ranks, uh, for the class of 2022, um, you know, adding, you already have Damani Jackson on campus and, uh, Ray Lake Brown's like kind of a borderline five-star. Uh, he wasn't a unanimous five-star. Connerly is. Um, I, I mean, that's to rebuild the 2022 class that way, where you pretty much get rid of everybody and then only sign a handful of players. But the players you got are really good. And someone like Connerly, they've, they haven't had, it's been five or six years, Coach, since they've signed like an elite left tackle prospect. Um, there's been a bunch of guys that you could kind of move around and maybe play different spots. But I, I feel like this could be a potential game changer. He's someone that could end up starting for USC, who knows, in 2022. I certainly hope so. I hope he's that good a player. I hope uh, he motivates the other players that there's someone in wanting to take their position. 
I used to always tell my players, when we go recruiting, I'm going to try to put all of you on the bench. They used to look at me and say, what are you talking about? I'd say, because we'd become a better football team if I put last year's team on the bench because the other players I'm bringing in are better. But you know whose fault it is if you allow that to happen? Your fault. Because you've already been here. You know what you, I expect. You know what the plays are and so on. So if this happens, don't blame me. I'm telling you in advance. I'm going out there to get the best players I can get in America. That means we're getting better. Yeah. So the offensive linemen should hear all of that, what's going on. Every position should hear on that, what's going on. And that will really lift the level of competition, belief, and uh, and the support of the Trojan football program. Yeah. So USC's um, currently uh, the number uh, 10 class, if you include transfers. Um, and then they would move up even higher if you add a Josh Connerly, um, because that would be the, the extra high school player. But yeah, so I mean, all good news for USC um, if uh, he ends up. So April 8th is the day you want to check out. But the fact that Brandon Huffman put his crystal ball pick in for the Trojans, I think that's a, a really good sign. Um, I, think it's, I think it's great. I think it's great. And remember, those classes are just projected classes as far as what uh, those the uh, evaluators or services think they are. It's what those players do once they get on campus and what they perform at that level of what they're supposed to. Yeah, 100%. Um, they got to develop the player, something USC hasn't been very good at, and the USC fans are hoping that Lincoln Riley can be a lot better at that, which makes sense. Um, we got a couple of questions, Coach, and we'll let you go. We had a text message. How is it that Brew McCoy is eligible to transfer again? Did he graduate early or – did he receive some sort of exemption? Um, real quick, from my point of view, I mean, you could transfer as many times as you want. the The rule is that they added a one time; anyone could transfer once and not have to sit out. Uh, I believe that rule happened after Brew McCoy transferred to USC because he had to sit out, so he could transfer again and play right away somewhere. But even if you've transferred once, like you know, Coach mentioned, um, Ishmael Softshire transfers to USC, and you could transfer again, but you would still have to sit out. Now you could, I think, you could still ask the NCAA for a waiver. That's one thing that a lot of um, the analysts have talked about. Where if you, your current roster coach, you have to like you have to recruit everybody all the time because anyone could transfer. But if you get a transfer, they've already transferred, so maybe you don't have to recruit them as hard. Now, they could still transfer, but they can't play right away in theory. But who knows? The NCAA might just start letting people, if they transfer again, they show they have a hardship, let them play right away. I don't know. But uh, my my understanding is Brew McCoy could transfer and play right away. But there's no stopping anyone from transferring. You just might have to sit out a year, if, even if you've already transferred. Brew McCoy is a great player. And I hope he gets another opportunity wherever it might be. I understand maybe Texas or Tennessee. I'm not sure where he's looking at. But I'd like to see him get another opportunity. I wish it would have been at USC, but it isn't. And uh, he, we will be reading about him in the future, like you are Venice Jones, who will be maybe a first or second round draft choice, like other players who have left USC. Uh, it's it's really too bad. It, it is, and I'm happy for the kid, and I hope he gets a good shot. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got one last question for you, Coach. Um, hello, it's an email. Hello, Coach and Ryan. Just wanted to get Coach Hyde's thoughts 
on facing Stanford week two this year. Does Austin Jones transferring to USC help the USC defensive staff get insight onto Stanford's offense? Uh, Also, on the other side, being David Shaw, do you think this messes with the coach mentality preparing to face this new USC team and knowing USC has uh, some insight from about his offense. Can you share maybe a similar situation you dealt with while coaching? Thank you and fight on Gomez from Bakersfield. Well, I think that, you know, you might ask him a couple of questions when you, when you, when he do this, what is he normally all able to, or, or something like that? Just a few questions, but basically you, you know, you have it all broken down and you know what he's doing. You play against a guy enough to, and you have all every game film from last year or tape that, that Sanford played with, you know, all the players playing, and you can really just go through one film with him, and he'll tell you what they're doing. Very simple. What they're trying to do, what they're trying to tip, and I would take the probably the SC game and go over that one or other teams that are similar to what we're doing, and and he'll say this is what I know and this is what we're trying to accomplish, and that's about it. But you don't spend a lot of time with him. Uh, you just uh, maybe get a few ideas uh, from them and uh, you move on because you've got to prepare your team to what you do best to get what they're doing. And uh, Stanford's going to be a huge game for USC, but that's a game that last year Clay Helton lost his job over. And it's going to be, it, it's a huge rivalry game. A lot of people don't realize it, it is, but it is. And it'll be at Stanford, first road game for Lincoln Riley and the new team. So I think that's a huge game because after Rice, they've got them and then Fresno State. I want you to know, Tedford's a heck of a coach at Fresno State. Don't take that team lightly. That team can play and they'll have every aspect in that game for every type of situation. And uh, so right now, uh, one game at a time, one play at a time. And uh, But I think, uh, yes, you'll use you utilize him just for a little bit as far as one reel or two reels of film, just to understand what they're trying to attempt to do. Yeah, and uh, if you watched Stanford offense, it wasn't that good, Gomez, but I don't know how much insight you need. But like Coach mentioned, USC lost to Stanford last year. Uh, a Stanford team that was not very good, whether well, three and nine, and one of those wins was USC. One of them was over Oregon. Um, so very strange. Uh, but yes, uh, that's, I mean, one of those things that I think it could help a little bit, but I don't know if uh, David Shaw is going to be all that freaked out about it, but this is... I don't think you can overlook any game. Um, they are really trying to put this roster together and put the team together, but it's going to take some work, I think, uh, to in each game because it's going you're going to be thin at spots. Um, there's going to be guys le- ner- learning a new system. If you come in and just don't play on the same page for a game, you could lose to pretty much anyone on the schedule. But I'm pretty optimistic that they're going to make a nice run this year and, and potentially win the Pac-12 again. Uh, especially depending on who they add, you know, after spring, but you can't overlook Stanford, especially because what happened last year and ended up costing Clay Helton his job. Right. I think that's a big game. And, you know, you take one at a time and obviously you have other big games. Every game's a big game, right? I think I said this last week or another show I was doing. Every game is the biggest game of the year. And if you don't make it the biggest game of the year, you're going to get beat because there's so much parity in college football. You see it in basketball. You see it in any sport. So you can't allow that to happen when you're building the program. You've got to win the games you're supposed to win. And then when you get up against a guy that's 50-50, then you come up with the super effort where you know you got to play your best. But every game is the biggest game of the year. And if you make a mistake on that, 
you're in deep trouble. Yeah. All right, Coach. Well, good stuff. Uh, good to have you back. We'll uh, keep uh, doing our shows on Mondays throughout spring football. Um, four more weeks of USC spring football. We should have some full pads action uh, on Thursday, I believe. will be the first day of full pads. They had some pads over the weekend. We don't get to watch the Saturday practice, but do get to watch the beginning of Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we'll see uh, any news and notes coming uh, from this week. But, uh, Coach, thanks again for coming on. Really uh, always great to talk to you, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Ryan, I want to thank you, too, and all of our listeners out there as far as being a part of our shows. We do these shows with you, not for you, and we enjoy all your help you give us. And, again, you can follow me at Coach Harvey Hyde, at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to my webpage, Harvey Hyde, that's H-Y-D-E dot com, and you can find out more about me, my shows, and all the whole package. So, Ryan, again, I enjoy the opportunity of joining you. Again, thank you, and uh, take care. All right. Thanks, Coach, and thanks, everyone out there, for listening to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 